All right, good morning, good morning. So glad to have you here. We are continuing our series, Jesus Isn't White. And um, this room is packed, so he, Rodriguez obviously is, uh, he's got some pull around here. So, uh, thanks brother. Um, you're all welcome. We love having you here, and you're welcome to continue coming, be part of this family. Um, so, Jesus isn't white, and, and it's not our fault, but it's important for us to, to not continue in our blindness, to be able to, to choose to see. So today, and continuing on through this series, we're hoping that that we as a church are choosing to let our eyes be washed so that we can actually begin to see Jesus for who he is, not the way that we form him in our likeness. Because Jesus is transcendent of our likeness. He is the one who, who makes us in his image. And that image is, is so much more um, beautiful, it's so much more inclusionary because it is it is for all people so that that every nation every tribe every language bows before this king and that's that's who we want to be in, in in this church we want to be a church that 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 understands that our community has divides in it and he is calling us to begin knitting those divides together so that's our church have you ever met somebody and the very first time you meet them, you're just like, I want to know that guy or that girl. I want to know them. I want to be a part of their life. I want their life to be a part of mine. That is this guy, Rodriguez Alexander. He is, he's a, a man that I've just recently met, probably about four months ago. And he's, he's actually been, a, been a, 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 an amazing voice in my heart. Um, he's he's, a, he's spoken into our mission. He's confirmed our mission. He, he has a lot, I believe, to speak into our mission here today. And so would you guys um, just join me in welcoming Rodriguez Alexander to the stage. It's all yours. It's showtime, right? Come on, let's give the Lord some praise in this place this morning. That was really cute. I feel like that was for me. Let's give the King of Kings and Lord of Lords a great big round of applause in this place. Come on, let's shout unto God the voice of triumph. Come on, bless the Lord. Make some noise. Am I free? Can we? Do they? Is it? Oh, okay. All right, I want to, I want to follow the order. All right, so, so Pastor said that uh, I'm free. I can, I can be free. Okay. All right, so listen, when, whenever I uh, extend the opportunity to celebrate the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I believe in standing and just going wild for God. How many love uh, sport events, sporting events, basketball games? And so when, um, because I still think he was the greatest next to Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, when he would play. Uh, you know, some say LeBron James, one of my former members is sitting up here. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, whenever your favorite athlete would shoot the ball, knock it out the park, you went wild, didn't you? Come on, let's be honest, didn't you? And so think about this. Our Heavenly Father sent His only begotten Son, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am. He died for us. That's enough to stand on our feet 
and celebrate the God of our salvation. So if you don't mind, I want to take you out of your comfort zone this morning and stand on your feet and give a great big round of applause for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, come on. He dunked on Satan himself. Glory to God. He put death, hell, and the grave under our feet. We have an opportunity to bless the Lord. Come on, come on. One more time. Yeah. Glory to God. Give somebody a high five. Tell them, say, you picked a good day to be here. Glory to God. Take your seats. Take your seats. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to Found Church. Man, I feel like I'm at, uh, at a stadium somewhere. These lights are on me. I can just close a little bit here. Hi, everyone. Hi, Mom. Are we like? No, we're not live. Okay. All right. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Rodriguez Alexander. I'm a former pastor at the Life Church here in the beautiful city of Jackson, Michigan. And uh, I am currently serving at uh, Jackson Naz, little small church over there off of uh, 127. Y'all ever heard of it? Pastor Bryce, a new guy in, the, uh, in ministry. No, it's, it's a joke. Just like you got me. Amen. So we're here today. I'm so honored to be in the house of God, especially here with my good friend, my brother, Pastor Chris. Come on, why don't you bless the Lord for your leader today? Amen. A man's man. Someone that really honors God and loves the things of God. And I'm super excited just to be here today. Uh, before we move any further, I want to just salute my wife. Connie, can you kind of wave your hands there behind her? Amen. Amen. Holding my little princess. Glory to God. Men, this right here is mine. She's married. So I already put a, wing, a ring on that one. So stop looking. Glory to God. I will fight from the east side of Detroit. I do fight still. No. <laughs> Amen. My son is in from New York. Yeah, Remington Alexander. Jax Naz flew him in. He's uh, on staff at Hillsong in New York, and he flew in uh, to be a part of the youth retreat, ministered all weekend, and I'm excited about being here today. Come on, bless the Lord for my son, Remington Alexander. Stand with you to see you. Amen. Now, he is fully single. He is completely single, like no, like, you know, Available. Don't say that. Okay. Say okay. it. Right. <laughs> Amen. Nonetheless, we thank God for the opportunity. We see some people from uh, the Life Church that are here in the house today. Thank God for you being here today. Such a pleasant surprise. I want to get right into uh, my assignment today. Hopefully that did not go against my time. Um, you know, in the black church, we honor everybody, you know, yeah. We just do it. The deacons, the saints, friends, the sinners, everybody, the dog, the cat, whoever couldn't make it, we salute you. So that's uh, kind of how we flowed with that there. But um, give me about two hours to minister, and I promise I'll be out of your way. Just I'm not long-winded at all. Just somebody say, preach it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I see the mic going in and out. Is that a, uh, an indication of how this is going to go? <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to minister this to your word, to these to your sheep your sheep. Father, we pray that revelation knowledge will flow freely today, unhindered, uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. God, it gives us great pleasure to remind the enemy that he is still under our feet, that he is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is our Lord. God, I ask now that you think through my mind and speak through my vocal cords, none of me but all of thee. Hide me behind the cross so that these who your sheep can hear a clear and concise word that would not just challenge them, but that would change them, cause them to do some things they've never done and, and 
things they've never said. God, and after hearing this word this morning, they'll go a place in you they've never gone before. In Jesus' name. Now lay your hands on your heart and say, Father, speak to me. Give me clarity through your word. I am open. Come on, Fallon Church, let me hear you this morning. I am open. Speak to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus isn't white. Jesus isn't white. Such an amazing, thought-provoking theme for a series. And to be asked to come and be a part of what I call life-changing is amazing. I'm humbled by that, Pastor Chris. So we're going to tackle some things today, and I really don't want to belabor it because I'm, I'm, ama- I'm sure that Pastor Chris laid an amazing foundation concerning this, and, and then there are others that will minister on the same subject matter. So I want to kind of give uh, a little bit of insight on what I feel uh, the Word of God is speaking concerning such, and uh, I believe God's going to do something great today, and I'm excited about it. In most of the Western world, Jesus is white. While Christ the Lord transcends skin color and racial divisions, white Jesus has real consequences. Now, I need you to do something for me this morning. I need everyone to close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Now, I need you, I'm going to say a word, and I want you to uh, envision what I'm saying. Everyone's eyes closed? Everyone's eyes are closed, right? Uh, Jesus, keep your eyes closed. Now, when you, when, when you hear the word Jesus and your eyes are closed, what picture comes to mind? Anybody can say it. What's, what's the visual that you see when, you say Je- when I say Jesus? The cross. So we got some deep folks over here. Glory to God. The cross. Anybody else? Long hair. What else? White. Beard. Crown of thorns. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I heard. Clearly was, that's what I wanted to hear, white, white. Without conscious intention or awareness, many of us have become disciples of white Jesus. It's what's been put before us. It's, it's what has caused us to embrace such. Society has allowed us to see this image. Uh, my wife and I were talking, uh, I think, over this past week, and, and we were coming up. You know, uh, when, when we were go, say that we're going to see uh, Santa and we saw black Santa, we said, no, that's, that's not the Santa I want to see. I don't want to see that Santa. You know, he's he going to probably break into my house and take what, the, the, you know. Just. So we, we didn't, we didn't want to see that picture of Santa. <laughs> and and, and we, were, we, were, we, were, we were told that this is the image of Jesus. This is the image of Satan. Or, or Satan, wow. This is the image of Santa. Santa's not Satan, children. He's not, he's not Satan. Or is he? Lord, what are you speaking here? No. <laughs> but it's the image that comes to mind. We imagine a white man. And again, without conscious thought, we become, we become disciples of Jesus. You didn't know. You just went with, you just went with it, right? It was, it was put before us. We just went with it. We went with the white is right, right? We, we just went along with it because we were told that's what it is. Now, not only is white Jesus incorrect, 
He also can inhibit our ability to honor the image of God in people who aren't white. And I've seen that throughout my life, and I've been ministering for 30 years now, and, and I've, I've encountered different things. And over the last few months, I've even encountered uh, some racism and prejudice uh, as it pertains to me as a, as, as a black man, you know, as, as one who, who proclaims the gospel of Jesus, yet there's a there's a stiff arm, if you will, to receive because of what has been infiltrated, if you will, in our culture. So since Jesus belongs to an ethnic minority, we are compelled to reevaluate who Jesus has and with whom he identified as he fulfilled his mission. Beloved, when people who were on the outskirts gathered, Jesus was among them. Not only because he ministered to them, but because he was one of them. As an ethnic minority, Jesus didn't simply care about people who were victims of the Roman sanctioned violence. He was a victim of Rome sanctioned violence. Jesus didn't simply care about refugees. Jesus was a refugee. Jesus didn't simply care about the poor. The Bible says he was poor. He became poor. To Jesus, ministry meant knowing from the inside the pain of society's most marginalized. Now, in order, beloved, to follow Jesus in his mission today, we often must choose a love that is based in solidarity. Many well-meaning Christians minister across a social group, but whites can minister to people of color without truly seeing them as equal. And higher income people can, can minister or serve low income people because they're not really knowing or without really knowing little about their daily lives. Hear my heart this morning. This message, this subject isn't about a black and white issue. It has nothing to do of the color of Jesus' skin per se. It has everything to do with the heart intent of those that's deciding to serve him. Come on. We've got to come to a resolve in our hearts that it doesn't matter if he's black, white, green, or orange. Well, green or orange, I don't know that I would even follow him if he was green or orange. No, that's... We've got to be willing to say that I'm going to follow after the life changer. Come on, say amen to this this morning. If you are willing, how many of you can, can attest to the fact that Jesus came in your life and transformed your life? Come on. That it was no goodness of your own, but it was the true grace and power of God that came and transformed your life. Come on. And because he saved my life, it doesn't matter the color of his skin. Glory to God. I just know that he took a black soul. Come on. Someone that was, that was wretched. Someone that shouldn't have found salvation. And he said, not, in, not because of you, but in spite of you, I'm going to die for you. Come on. Jesus, God sent his only begotten son to die for us. I'm not here to preach. I'm just here to teach. Glory to God. I don't, I don't want to sweat. Glory to God. That, I felt something, man, talking about the power of God and the resurrection power of Jesus. He said, bring it. Glory to God. I need the organ player up here because we're getting ready to go in this morning. No, that's how we do in the black church. We just tune up a little bit. Mm. All right. He said, bring it. All right, y'all stop now. I got to focus. I got to focus. I'm on a timer straight here. So listen, we've got to understand that we must stand with them uh, uh, and understand that, that, that everyone 
have hurts. And there's been issues that, that have caused us to stand and say, white is right, or black is right, or I only follow a white Jesus. And I, I, I can truly say that again, some of the things that I've, I've encountered throughout ministry, I've seen where um, at white, whites are willing, or blacks are willing to follow a white minister just as fast as they are to follow a black minister. While on the other hand, whites are leery at following black ministers before they are a white. And again, it has absolutely nothing. These are stats that we've just studied and we've seen and experienced on our own. Uh, but I don't, want to, I, don't want, I don't want you to get distracted by what we're talking about. But I just want you to see how society have told you that everyone is not created equally. How society has told you that, that the, the, the white Christian Christianity, Christianity is far greater than the black Christianity. Christianity, there it is, Christianity. Did I say it right? Christianity. I made up a word. It sounded good. Didn't I sound intelligent saying it. The world has told us that, that the gospel is for the blacks and contemporary ministry worship is for the whites. So throughout society and even in, in, in the Christian culture, it, it has brought a division, if you will. So this involves seeing non-European culture perspectives and customs as valid and valuable listening to people who are marginalized and demonstrating with our words and actions that both spiritual and social liberation are central to the gospel. Not only is Jesus inaccurate, or white Jesus inaccurate, he also can inhibit our ability to honor the image of God in people who aren't white. But first, beloved, those who still have a perspective, a white Christ, you have a perspective of a white Christ, you must ask whether they can, whether you will, you can, or you will follow or worship a dark-skinned Jesus. You got to ask yourself, when I, when I find this truth, am I willing to change my perspective? Am I willing to say the same Jesus that I've been serving for years with a white face, learning that he is dark-skinned, can I still serve the same Jesus? Ask yourself that. Because there has to be a resolve in your heart, and that's where we're going this morning. Our title, our subtitle this morning is, What's in Your Heart? What's in your heart? And when you study the life of Jesus and, and the perspective of which he comes from, let me be the first to say to you, and I might get calls, we're streaming live, and I might get emails and texts from my pro-black brothers when I say this, but let me, let me, let me help you this morning. Jesus wasn't black either. And somebody said amen. It's okay to say amen. It's, he, he wasn't black either. 
There go my card, man. I thought that I was the same color as the Savior. Not. <laughs> so, so can you still say, African-Americans, blacks, can you still say that you're going to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords? Come on, this is on both sides of the spectrum here. Can we still say, well, he's not the same as us. He doesn't have the same skin tone that we do. Can we still serve him? So what's in your heart this morning, I must ask. Over in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 7, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. Watch over your heart with all diligence. Somebody say diligence. From, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put devious lips far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the paths of your feet and your ways will be established. Turn not to the right nor to the left. Turn your feet from evil. Turn your feet from evil. So after learning a truth, and I know certain that Pastor Chris teaches nothing but truth here, especially this subject matter. I'm clearly aware of it being nothing but truth. So when truth is presented, a fool will reject it, but a wise person will embrace it. I come to challenge you this morning. Glory to God. There, there, there's a level of, of, of self-examination that you must do and say, all right, Pastor Chris, I followed you up to this point. Now you have the nerve to acknowledge uh, February the the second month of the year, Black History Month, and then you have the unmitigated gall to tell me that Jesus ain't white. I need to decide if I'm going to still follow you. I come to challenge you this morning. So, so truth will be presented to you. It depends on how you respond. It's going to determine your level of increase in your walk with God. Somebody should say man to that this morning. Glory to God. Someone should embrace that because there, there has to be that, man. And there are times even in my home when, when my wife will present something to me and, you know, um, she's wise. You stop now. You stop. 95% um, of the time, women are right. It's that 5% where they just kind of mess up the thing here. No? Okay. Let me just stay on up here. But there are times when she'll present something to me and it just sounds right. But, you know, we as men, we just don't want to hear that right now. We're just kind of where we are, and we don't want to embrace that truth at that moment. So it's right at that moment where I walk away and I say, I'm the man. I'm the head of this house. I run everything. Let me go ahead and run this dishwasher, this vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Let me go ahead and run the, the washer and dryer. Let me run what I'm called to run. But when she presents that truth, I must embrace it. We reject it. We don't want it. But when we embrace it, there's another level of wisdom that comes to us. There's another level of intimacy that takes place in our home when I embrace that, that truth, isn't it, honey? Yeah. Glory to God. <laughs> the heart, listen to me, the heart is the wisest term in the Bible for the totality of man's inner nature. It is the source of what makes us truly alive. Our soul, emotions, longings, ambitions, thoughts, belief, 
beliefs, and will. And we use this term the same way today. We refer to a deep longing as something we set our hearts on. And a person who has character, we often say, has a good heart. But the nature, the natural heart apart from God's regenerated touch can be devious. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? David's response to sin, to his sin in Psalms 51, pleased, pleased God. He, he begged, says, a broken heart and contrite heart thou will not despise. So David spoke of a broken and contrite heart to bow down with awareness of our contrite, which means spiritual bankruptcy. See, to embrace this truth, beloved, there, there has to be an awakening in our spirit man, Pastor Chris. There has to be an awakening in our spirit man. We, we, can't, we, we no longer can, can accept the, the bankruptcy. Let me suggest to you, those that are, that are bucking against this truth, uh, I, I, I want to encourage you this morning to, to do a heart examination, to do a spiritual examination and, and see where you are spiritually, to see if your spirit man has bankrupt. To see if there's enough in you. I don't care what you learn. Is there enough in you to say, I'm going after this truth. I'm going after this truth. That our inner spirit is crushed with a sense of guilt. That we have a genuine and deep sorrow for our rebellion against God and a determined desire to do differently. A contrite heart does not seek to rationalize or explain or excuse, or defend, or justify sin. It does not try to fool God or others, or even self. It recognizes that God demands truth and honesty. It does not merely feel, uh, does not mean merely feeling bad or remorseful about sin. Listen, it does not. A contrite heart does not seek to blame circumstances or other people or God for our failure. Now, let me stay here for a moment. Growing up in a racist home, if you were grown up in a racist family, that still isn't an excuse that you can make. Regardless of what your parents told you. You see, I'm convinced that, that racism and prejudice is, is it's taught. Come on, say man to this. It's, it's taught. It's, it's, it's something that we have instilled in our children. Uh, white brother told me this weekend, he says, your daughter is going to marry my son. He said, she is just too beautiful not to be one of my son's uh, uh, wife. And I said, hey, well, uh, I need to check his portfolio. I need to see what, he, what investments he has. I need to see if he really can uh, uh, take care of her. Um, I didn't say, well, she's white. He's going to be white, so I don't know if that can happen. Come on. See, we don't see color. Children don't see color. They see another person before them. And even if, so if you have a contrite heart, you can't make excuses. Well, I'm 65 now, and it's just the way I've been taught. Who told you that? Paul says, who have bewitched you? Who tricked you? Who told you that you're supposed to be prejudiced? Who told you that you're superior? Who told you that you are better? Who told you this? Paul said. Who told you that you're not equal? Who told you that you can't marry outside of your race? Who told you this? In the Christian culture, 
There's been some mainstream pastors and, and preachers that have, have told their, their family, no, you don't want to marry them. You don't want to mix, you don't want to do mixed breed. We're animals now. So he says, a contrite heart will not make excuses, but they will own the moment and they will pursue and getting better in Christ. They will pursue and getting better in their walk with God. The way you watch over, beloved, your heart reflects the importance of the heart. The way you watch over your motives reflects the importance of the heart. Apply all diligence. Constant diligence is required. Constant pursuit, constant vigilance is required. You've got to look over your heart. If you are energized to guard any area of, our li- of your lives, it should be this. If you are energized to guard any area of your lives, it should be your heart. So the heart is to be guarded vigorously. Life becomes very focused and simple when there is a physical crisis in our lives. Here it is. The same should be true with our spiritual lives. So we, we're immediately, we're ready to respond to a crisis that may happen in our life. We're, we're ready to, to deal with that. I was talking to uh, one of my teammates yesterday uh, at work, and, and something happened with his family member, and immediately he went in survival mode immediately he went into survival mode. I wonder how would our lives be if immediately we went into survival mode for our spirit, man. If immediately we knew, man, if this isn't right, I've got to pursue getting it right. I I have an issue with my brother. I have an issue with my sister. Not necessarily them, but I have an issue with the color of their skin. I've got to get this right. I wonder if we did that immediately, instantaneously. I wonder what would happen to our lives. I wonder would the power of God really show up in our lives and transformation will take place if we make an immediate decision. beeline towards doing right. I wonder what would take place. Come on. What are you willing to do this morning? Come on. What are you willing to say this morning? What what decisions are you willing to make right now sitting next to your loved one? What are you willing to say? Are you willing to say, baby, we've been doing it wrong for a long time. Glory to God. We've been thinking this way a long time. Today I decide to think like God thinks. Today I decide to take hold of the word of God. Today I decide to respond to the message of Christ and do what is necessary to have a genuine love for all people. Somebody should give God... Some praise. I'm raising my voice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've got to be willing to, to say that I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to love Jesus. I'm going to do whatever it takes to love my brother or my sister. Now, we can argue the fact that Jesus was black. There's a scripture that says, yo, I'm with you always, <laughs> even to the end of the age. He actually said, lo, I'm with you, but it just... I don't know where that came from. I don't even know. (laughs) Thank you, Holy Spirit. So as we resolve in our hearts to embrace this truth, this, this serious matter, Pastor Chris, this... This thing, this, I might as well call it what it is, this, this demon 
that have tried to disrupt the continuity of, of true brother and sister love, man. Division. Die. Greek word, die. Double. Division. Whenever division is brought into the midst of, of a vision, it creates chaos. So the vision of God is to have a love for all people. <laughs> but division steps in and says, no, my race is better. Come on. My, my, my belief system is better. So that has caused division. That has caused a disruption, which has inadvertently caused a separation in the body of Christ. So I choose today to follow the vision of God. I choose today to go after the teachings of Jesus. I choose today to embrace the fact that he is, in fact, dark-skinned. Come on. He didn't go to a tanning booth. Get that out of your mind. Shucks, I thought I had it. I thought I had it. He didn't pay for that skin tone. Glory to God. It's what he was brought with. It's what he was raised with. It's what he has become, how he was created. Listen, beloved, don't care. Don't be careless with the things that provides life to your whole body. The reasons follows. For from it flows the springs of life. The heart is the source, the spring of life. Some translation says wellspring. Literally, it is the going out or outflow of life, like fresh water spring. The heart is vital to bring life, much like water is vital. Battles are fought over water. Most stream beds in Israel are only seasonal and dry up, but when a consistent spring is found, it is life indeed. The Bible talks about King Hezekiah. He knew the importance of, of uh of the source of spring water. He knew that it was necessary. And the Assyrian armies under the corrupt Sinatrib were determined to destroy anything that looked like it wanted to reflect God. So much so they were willing to bring back idol images to worship. And the king had gone through this for years, trying to tear down this demonic thought process. The king had brought the true living God in to worship. And one of the things that he went after to stop the enemy from coming in was cutting off the supply of water. Because he knew it would produce life to the enemy. In other words, it would give more strength to the enemy. The spring for, the, the spring water, how it flows through us, it's our heart. And whenever darkness comes into our heart, thank you, Lord, it shuts up the ability for life to be produced. That's why we should guard our hearts, man. That's why we should go after God with 100%, with the bulldog, bulldog tenacity and say that I'm going to guard my heart. And if you're speaking racism to me, I'm cutting you off, glory to God. If you're speaking division to me, I'm cutting you off. If you're trying to convince me that Jesus is white, I'm cutting you 
off because I want to be a man of truth. I want to be a woman of truth. Is there anybody in here that wants truth to be the direction for their life? The Bible says that Hezekiah blocked off other sources of water so that the enemy couldn't be refreshed. He was diligent in stopping this from happening. Beloved, you got to be diligent stopping this from happening. We are to treat our heart, which is God's residence with us, this way, beloved. We are, we are to treat our hearts, which is God's residence. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, my heart is your throne. Rest here. Come on, say it again. Heavenly Father, my heart is your throne. Rest here. It's the residence of our Heavenly Father. This way, beloved, to combat the siege of enemies on every side, I must ask, do we protect our source of life this tenaciously? Tenaciously. Wake up, tongue. Wake up. It's 10 o'clock now. Wake up. Talk to my tongue. It's sleepy sometimes. Be willing to guard your heart. Be willing to take hold of truth. And what is our source of, or springs that provides life, giving water to satisfy our thirst? The source of never-ending spring water, beloved, is Christ. Remember his words to the woman at the well. Whoever drinks of the water I give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. This is the same idea Jesus was speaking of living water. If she were to drink that kind of water he was offering, she would never be thirsty again. If Christ resides in our hearts, beloved, he is the living water. And unlike the wells that we seek after that soon dry up, that source residing in our hearts will never dry up. As long as we have God in our hearts, Christ prevailing in our hearts, as long as we have him there in our hearts, beloved, the thought process of thinking contrary to truth will never be able to penetrate our hearts. Never. The psalmist says, thy word, O God, have I hidden in my heart <clears throat> that I might not sin against thee. Hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So when my mind goes crazy, when my mind tells me that I am better, better, when my mind tells me that I am superior, the word of God in my heart will come forth and regulate my confused mind and tell me that we all are created equal. Hallelujah. That we all are created equal. The second pathway the Father would have us to examine is what goes out of the heart. The, the emphasis here is on the outside. The acting members of the body are affected by what issues forth from the heart. We should examine the outflow from our hearts, the fruits that are produced in our lives. In verses 24 through 27, we are told of three areas where we can see evidence for whether we have a fountain flowing through our hearts or whether we, they are processing toxins. What's flowing in your heart? Is it purity or is it toxins? First, our speech, what we say. The words of James 
3, 5 through, 20, through uh, 12 says that the, that the controlling of our words is an evidence of the purity of the fountain which bubbles forth from within. Do our words build up or tear down? Ask yourself this morning. Do my words build up or do they tear down? See, it's not the words that, it's not you as a person that makes you bad. It's the words that you choose. It's what you put on the inside of you. And what you put on the inside of you is going to flow on the outside of you. I used to be so in love with uh, Barney Mack. I would watch his shows all the time. And it was so much so that when my sons were going, growing up, uh, Pastor Chris, I would sometimes hear Barney Mack through my discipline. I kid you not. And one time I said something, and I walked away, and Liz, my wife, looked at me and just shook her head. I just kept walking straight. I'm like, no, I'm not going to laugh because that was quite hilarious what I just said. And one episode, the social worker came in and said, Barney Mack, you're not a bad man. It's just the words that you choose. you got to watch your words. He says, watch my words. What do you mean? Watch my words. How am I going to watch my words? And then the words came up on the screen. He was watching his words. Here's my point. Watch what you say, beloved, because what you words that you speak, the very words that you speak, conception takes place and life is produced. Our words are seeds and what we speak. Life comes forth. So ask yourself, am I producing death or am I producing life? Am I producing unity or am I producing division? What am I producing? Our speech is evidence of what's in our hearts. Secondly, our vision, what we see, our eyes must look straight ahead, neither to the left nor to the right. If our vision is directed straight ahead, it will guide our path. And thirdly, our path, where we go, keep your feet on the well-worn track. The problem comes only when we get off the road. Ephesians 5.15 says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. So ask yourself, do you like what's bubbling up out of your life? Do your words build or tear down? Is your vision keeping, on, keeping you on track? How about your path? Where are your feet leading you? Where are your feet leading you? So much I want to share. We're going to wrap this up. Can I have the keyboard player to come as we wrap this up here? Just kind of play something soft and out of your spirit. In chapter 4 of Proverbs, the fathers share three basic ideas. He says, seek wisdom above all else. Choose the way of wisdom. Thirdly, guard your heart above all else. Christ fulfills each one of these in our lives, beloved, because he had become our wisdom. He has become our way, now our source of living water. What flows into the heart flows out of the heart. The issue is the heart. And what issues from the heart is critical. The, issues, the issue is the heart. And what issues, what flows from the heart is critical. It's critical. It's paramount. It's important. We need a new source of water before we go back the same old well. Otherwise, we will get thirsty again 
Remember the response of the woman at the well. Give me this water so I will never be thirsty and not come all the way here to draw. Is that your response too? Give me this water, Lord, so I don't keep seeking or or going after wells that dry up. Or perhaps we need a change. We need to change at the source and not make another trip to the dry well. There are some dry wells that you're going to. There are some dry wells that you're, you're, you're holding near and dear to your heart. And it's a dry well of division. It's a dry well of hate. It's a dry well of bitterness. The dry well is resentment. So we must resolve in our hearts today that the only well that I will go after will be the well that never runs dry. I just want to be where where our Heavenly Father is. And whatever that takes, I am willing to go after it. What are the signs that you see that are popping up? in your life? What are the alarm systems that are going off in your life? What's showing up? What's showing you? What's telling you that you shouldn't do this? Well, there's a, there's a Noah on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit is our Noah. It's not an alarm system. It's our alarm system. And it tells us what we should say, where, where we should go, what we should do, how we should view individuals. Do we have a genuine love for all people? Do we have a genuine love for all people? Ask yourself this morning, do I need a new heart? Do I desire to have a source in life to never thirst again? What are you feeding your heart? What is landing in your heart? What is landing in your heart on a consistent basis? On a consistent basis. You've got to watch what you bring in, my brother. You've got to watch what you bring in, my sister. Some years ago, I was addicted to first 48 hours, that show, that detective show. I was addicted to that show. So much so that I would, I would be drawn in to each case. Anger would reside. Fear would reside. Bitterness would reside. So one day our church went on a fast. And that was the first thing that the Holy Spirit laid on my heart. The Holy Spirit via my wife <laughs> laid on my heart to let go. I mean, Paracleto, she's our helper, right? Come on. And after I got free from that, I could not stand to watch that show. Because I put up guards. And I'm not saying the show is wrong, but for me, it became a sin. It became a weight for me. I was determined not to allow things that were not edifying. Paul says all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. It may or may not be a sin, but if it's, if it's not advantageous to your walk with Christ, he says to lay it aside. 
So I had to lay that weight aside, Dale. I had to lay it aside, Pastor Chris, and say that I, I want to be light. I want to be free in my walk with God. And, and I want anything to, to middle and, and muddle and clutter my thought process. I want to be free in Christ. I, I want to I think like Christ. And so the same holds true. Whatever is landing in your life on a consistent basis ultimately becomes your theology, becomes your truth, becomes what you are and what you think. Decide today that I'm going to only pursue truth. And if you are a partner of Found Church, if you are a member of Found Church, and whatever your pastor is teaching that lines up with the word of God, and I believe it is, you must embrace that. You must follow the heart of your pastor. You must push the, the vision of your pastor. You must hold up the arms of your pastor. And if he wants division or, 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 or diversity, I reject that in Jesus' name. If he wants diversity, if he wants inclusion, it is your job to go out there and be intentional on making that happen. This well is going to dry, run dry real soon. He just gave me a sip. What are you doing, Joe? <laughs> Won't you rise to your feet this morning? Glory to God. We're going to stop here. I want you to come before the Lord, accepting his examination. The Bible says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Let God, the great physician this morning, heal you and revive your heart. From, for from it flows the springs of life. And I want to do something this morning. Pastor Chris, can you come up? Glory to God. <clears throat> because I believe that in order for change to happen, it must start at the head. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I really believe I felt like I heard God say this and do this. Chris, I want to be... black man have this, that has dishonored you have disrespected you that have been prejudiced and racist towards you I want to be the black man that have hurt you and have done things that has been displeasing to God towards you I want to be that black man I want to say that I'm sorry I want to say that I didn't see the good in you. I didn't see you as a man of God. I didn't see you as a man of character. And I want to say on behalf of my race that I repent to your race. I apologize to your race. And from this day forward, we walk hand in hand. This day forward, we pursue the things of God. This day forward, your God becomes my God. My God becomes your God. This day, I decide to hold truth to the word of God, to hold fast to the promises of God. There's only one heaven, my brother, and we're all going to get there. We're all going to rejoice there. Found church, embrace your truth. Love your brother. Love your sister. 
love every ethnic group that exists. Because this message, this 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 series is bigger than it's bigger than I really hope you helped, felt his heart and heard his heart, man. It's bigger than the color of Jesus' skin. Because in order to understand the things of God, the truth of God, you got to tap into your spirit man. And your spirit man is going to lead you and guide you into some truth. All truth. Come on, talk to me in here this morning. Going to lead and guide you into all truth. Glory to God. Say this with me, Heavenly Father. I decide today to lay all of my issues at your feet. I decide today to embrace your plan and your will for my life. I decide today to have a love, a genuine love for all people. I am my brother's keeper, regardless of their race, regardless of their status in life. I am my brother's keeper. In Jesus' name. Come on, Found Church, all over the building. Give the Lord a great big round of applause if you receive that word this morning. Lord, let this word be sealed in their hearts today. Anything that was a pastor, see God, let it be thrown out. But everything that lined up with your word, which we believe in our hearts and minds that it was everything, let it be sealed in their hearts that they may go and grow and do exploits in your kingdom for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, bless his name one more time. Love you, man.